0: Are we good? <laughs> go and go. <laughs> this is Monsteropolis, a show about legends, anomalies, and monsters. Often, monsters. Uh, this is part of the Small Town Monsters broadcast network. I am one of your hosts, Mark Matsky, and I am joined by my co-host Heather Moser.
1: Hello. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Uh, kind of cold today and I'm over the rain, but at least it's not snow. Indeed. So, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about some of the stuff that we had discovered, but but before that though, something exciting happened right before you got in here. Did it now? It did. We got a delivery of something.
0: A delivery you say?
1: Yeah. We got a delivery.
0: Wow. Could it be of, of these items? <gasps>
1: What do you know it is? It
0: just showed up right here.
1: <laughs> oh, on yep. the
0: trail of UFOs, night visitors.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We you were on this trip. I was.
0: What, any yeah. any uh, special insights as to what people will encounter?
1: Um, I think it's a little darker than, well, I know it's a little darker than the other on the trail of UFOs films. Um, scenery, as always, is stunning. But it's uh, it gets pretty creepy. So, yeah, if you're into creepiness and have any interest in UFOs whatsoever, I mean, we go into cattle mutilation, abductions a little bit. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth your time.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. You were out there right as things were kind of happening. Yeah. Correct?
1: Mm-hmm. There, it was cool. There were things... <clears throat> I mean, we got to see the location of um where a mutilation had taken place just a few months prior um so that was neat um i think the biggest thing which i'm sure will come across as well this has nothing to do with the topic at hand Mm -hmm. but we were fortunate enough to be there right when the leaves were changing so the foliage when we got into the rocky mountains was amazing Mm -hmm. it was stunning um you
0: were there at peak
1: that's right that's very true. Good um, planning. Yeah, good planning. <laughs> totally meant for that to happen. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is it's. There are some parts that are even uh, a little bit emotional too, uh, moving if you allow yourself to be open to that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm excited for it to get out there.
0: Yeah, it's excellent. When does that hit the streets? Any ideas? April. April. It's in April. That's. <laughs> it's in Pre-order April. now. <laughs> And in April, we <laughs> will be heading your way.
1: <laughs> uh, Very good. Yeah.
0: Very good. And our backers have already the, had access to this, correct?
1: Yes. Kickstarter backers already had access to the digital copies. If for some reason you're a Kickstarter backer and you're like, oh, I haven't received mine, go to your messages on Kickstarter and you will find what you need to, uh, to view it. And our Kickstarter backers that received physical copies will be getting theirs soon. We're actually shipping those out in the next week or two. So they'll be getting them uh, pretty straightforward. Yeah.
0: Watch the skies, watch your mailbox. Yes. That's the connection there.
1: That's <laughs> See how we brought it together? So, mm-hmm.
0: so practiced at this point.
1: <laughs> Andy loves this. Yeah,
0: sorry, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today's topic. Today's topic. I think we have selected giants. Mm of Mm -hmm. north america Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um tell me a little bit about your interest in this topic
1: so my interest in the topic came from perusing newspapers.com and finding stories of giant skeletons and those being on display um i think i might have been searching initially for stories from moundsville Mm -hmm. because And I don't know if this is true or not. I didn't, I didn't, the articles that I have aren't related to Moundsville. Um, I didn't save any from there anyway. So I don't think that I found any when I was doing that research a few years ago. But the story that I had heard was that the uh, Grave Creek Mound at Moundsville had two giants Mm -hmm. inside, that they had found two large uh, skeletons, and that the government, in some form, Smithsonian or whatever, came and took them away and they just disappeared after that. Um, there's no record of it or anything like that. Um, and I've heard that story then repeated. Right. And actually it came up, giants in general came up when I went down to the Bell Witch Cave. And I was talking with Chris Kirby, who owns the cave, about just, uh, well, the burial mound over the, over the Bell Witch Cave. Mm-hmm. And so she was explaining about <clears throat> giants that had been found in that area and that she found a letter when she was doing some genealogy research at one of the local libraries, a letter from someone. Um, I don't know if it was an early settler or something, but they had mentioned the giants that used to live in the area, mm-hmm. that they had all died around the same time because of the headache. Oh. And that's all she said. I'm like, where's this letter? She's like, I don't, she didn't have it. She didn't have a copy of it or anything, mm-hmm. but she remembers that, that they all passed away because of the Headache. A headache. So I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they just keep coming up. I mean, I think you're bound to hear a story about giants and especially the government taking them away mm-hmm. once they're discovered. Um, and I feel like since, I mean, I don't want to say well, since nine eleven when we were overseas. Of course, we're talking about North America now, but mm-hmm. there's been stories about soldiers coming across um, the giants' skeletons with red. Like mm-hmm. red hair, and they right. re- refer to them as the Nephilim. Yeah. In that. And
0: that. There's even the, uh, the giant of Kandahar mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. that gets yeah. bandied about from time to time. Yeah. So. And where you're talking about a living giant yeah. facing off against modern military. So when we're talking about these giants, um, in particular, like the, the giants extracted from the mounds, about mm-hmm. how big, like describe the basic size of these things because you know when people hear giants sometimes you automatically shift to like 20 feet tall or something that's not the case jack and the beanstalk some big right gigantor thing
1: the story that i'd heard of the ones that particularly came from the grave creek mound was that they were put on a truck bed so i'm imagining a pickup truck they just said truck bed but i'm guessing a pickup truck and that it extended beyond that so laying how long is a truck bed? I don't know. I don't have a pickup, but however long the a pickup truck bed is plus extra uh, mm-hmm. that they were hanging off the edge of it. Um, but in, in general, in the articles that I found, when they start saying giants, first of all, giants is such a weird term depending yeah. on the time, like the, uh, the year that you find the article. Because mm-hmm. if it's from the 1800s, they might say giant when they're referring to a seven foot tall
0: right.
1: human human that was just very tall Mm -hmm. um but they're saying they're a giant skeleton because that was unheard of at that point in time um or relatively unheard of um but then other ones will say 10 to 12 feet tall which would lend itself more to what we think of like bigfoot or something but i i haven't personally found an article where they say 20 to 25 feet tall or anything like that although there are articles that i found where it is a it's clearly a very large being and they didn't have and i don't I think in the one which I'll talk about in a little bit, they don't get into the height. But when they talk about the rib cage, they describe it as large enough that a man could crawl into it, turn around, and come back. And there that was that much room in the rib cage. Wow. Which would, that would be more Jack and the Beanstalk-like. Yeah, I
0: mean, that's getting pretty big. Yeah. At that point.
1: Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was in the stream, newspaper. That,
0: that's a stream of this whole topic mm-hmm. is... How big is the giant, you know, and uh, some of the some of the origins having to do with sort of a quasi biblical origin story. Mm -hmm. That's where you do get into some of the larger, like 25, 30 foot and and over time that they start to shrink Mm -hmm. a bit so that then there's all these migration patterns and stuff. And yeah, you end up in North America with a more, I guess, plausible Giant size. Right, right. But, but then connected to you know, mound building cultures or or mounds that existed before the mound building mm-hmm. culture. And that's part of the puzzle with right. all of this is which came first mm-hmm. and who's responsible for the mounds and the structures that are all around the United States. I mean, even today. And that are like state parks and things now. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: People, for the most part, you know, I don't know that that's on a whole lot of people's radars. right so many of these are just out in the open mm-hmm. and you can go visit and crawl around on them. <laughs> um,
1: That's true. Well, even like the, I mean, in Moundsville, I mean, it's named Moundsville for a reason, right? Exactly. but the Grave Creek mound, it's so, I mean, it's in the center of town. It's just, I, I imagine if you were born there, it's just part of, it's just part of your environment. There's the mound, there's the prison, there's a school. It's all just right mm-hmm. there. Yeah um and it's all intertwined i mean there's a you can't get on you shouldn't there's a fence around it you can't get to the grave creek mound without going through a little museum first and then going out to a specific walkway mm-hmm. but there are mounds all over which actually when we were doing um american werewolves over around yellow springs i think yeah yellow springs area there was a mound. you just walk into the woods and there's a mound <laughs> up yeah. on this hill um but there's nothing protecting it or anything like that it's just part of this park mm-hmm. um, and i don't know it just and we also know from old maps that there were mounds all over the place that we have since flattened because they were inconvenient mm-hmm. for farming um, there's a book which i've i've talked about before i don't know if in monsteropolis or not but there's a book that i found a while ago doing research for small town monsters where in the early early 1900s late 1800s I think this man went around to all the counties in Ohio and mapped all mounds and uh settlements like remnants of Native American settlements mm-hmm. and so you can go by county and he has it all out there most of them are gone and in its place are farms or yeah. businesses or whatever right. because Adoptment they were yeah taken over they were a nuisance is how we saw them for mm-hmm. a short amount of time so now we try to preserve them I guess for at least the yeah. the big big ones
0: and a big. Stream of those stories is there were bodies extracted from those mounds before they were leveled. Mm -hmm, So, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're gone now. We don't know where they are. Mm -hmm. The government took them. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Interesting. So, when we were getting ready for this, you sent a message that said you have lots of giant stories. Do you have a couple representative
1: stories here? I have some giant stories and I actually. I had printed some of them off. One of them that I thought was really, this isn't, it's a ghost story, but I thought it still fell under the giant category because the ghost itself is like 12 feet tall, which you hardly ever hear about a specter being that tall. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a 10 to 12 foot tall ghost, headless, which is also why it came on my radar because I was looking for headless ghosts. Um, But this was over in Indiana, in Anderson, Indiana, and this is from 1894 wow. um there was a headless ghost that was seen walking around multiple times and there the distinguishing factor was that it didn't have a head still 10 to 12 feet tall without the head
0: without the head
1: yeah and um so then it's accompanied by holding a woman it says that they, in his arms he held the form of a beautiful woman Across her white throat was a ghastly cut from which blood was flowing. The awful apparition held a large knife in its long hands, which bore the red stains of murderous guilt. This made the newspapers. I don't know. I mean, this is a story that, uh, yeah. So this guy and his friends were held spellbound for a moment, but whipping up the horse, which was not inclined to advance, drove forward toward the specter. When within 12 feet, it gradually sank out of sight and the horse and buggy the next moment passed over the spot where it had stood. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then it goes on to say that inhabitants in that area don't uh, go there after dark because of this thing. Um, But anyway, I thought that was interesting, taking giants a different way, because I always think about the skeletons, the actual Mm -hmm. physical bodies. So then to come across one that was a ghost without a head, still 10 to 12 feet tall, and apparently was a murderer carrying the body
0: that is was... a very specific <laughs> apparition. <laughs> right? I mean, there's a story there, obviously. Yeah,
1: I know. I need to find out what it is. Mm-hmm. I got to go back even farther than 1894 yeah. to find out who was this that was murdered like that. And why is the the giant aspect part of it? Uh, the headless ghost, you send, there's a whole thing on that, which mm-hmm. we won't get into. But okay. the, yeah, I got to figure that out. <laughs> no, but... Um, yeah, so back when I was writing for Shannon Legros' Weird Writer Into the Fray uh, blog, I did a thing on Giants, and that's where I got a lot of my articles when I was doing some of that. And so I have one from August of 1883. Because here's here's another thing that I used to do, and I, I actually explained at the beginning of the blog, for fun, because this is fun for me. Mm-hmm. I'll go to newspapers.com and type in a query... In this case, it was Giants. But then when I do the time frame, I will make sure that it's something that has to be over 100 years old. I don't want anything recent. That's boring to me. (laughs) So all of these were from the 1800s, early 1900s. Um, But this was in August of 1883. A farmer in Missouri found a skeletal uh, or the whole skeleton actually after a severe downpour of rain had washed away the sides of a ravine. Um, It said that, As they were digging, he removed the skeleton of a human who once stood 12 feet tall. The head through the temples, this is a quote, the head through the temples was 12 inches. The ribs were nearly four feet long, one and three fourth inches wide. Um, And then this is actually, this is the one, I guess they did give a height, 12 feet tall. They Mm -hmm. said that the ribs had stood high enough that a man could climb inside of the rib cage, explore the inside of the skeleton, and still had plenty of room to turn around and come back. Without issue, I don't know how you do that in a 12 foot, even with a 12 foot tall skeleton, but I guess if the ribs are wide enough, um, it was unearthed face down. This is another thing that I've noticed. Mm-hmm. If they have in the articles um, where the, it's actually unearthed, they get into a description of the pose of the body. Okay, that seems to be a, a thing that's that stands out. Mm-hmm. It says the body was unearthed face down, with the left hand resting on the spinal column and the right arm stretched out to the right in front. Um, and then, as soon as they dug it out, because of how old it was, the bones started to decay. But apparently, some were salvaged.
0: Um, so it sounds like it was just the skeleton in the ground. Yeah. And it's a, the pose sounds like like it got killed or something or just died where it fell. Yeah. Like, as opposed yeah. to being buried or something. right.
1: Yeah, something like that. So, um, and that was in 1833 or 1883, and then in 1885 in Erie County, PA. Okay an entrance to a cave um, held quite a surprise inside. <laughs> I'm going to let you guess what it might have been. It's a giant. Yeah. Um, upon entering the cave, the, they found piles of bones that were much larger than a typical human. Um, and this is like a whole cache of skeletons. It wasn't like one body. They said that by the end of it, 10 to 12 feet in height, they were estimating these humans would have stood, and they found 150 skeletons. Um, There were hopes. Of that size? Of that size. At the time the article was printed, 150 skeletons had been recovered. There were hopes of soon finding a second cave with even more bones. I'm not sure why there must have been a connecting room or something. Hmm. Um, But it says that curious travelers made their way to the area. Neighborhood stores actually displayed the bones in their windows for patrons to view. And this went on for a little while. Um, It says, in order to emphasize just how large a 10 to 12 foot human would look, the article says, quote, scientists who have exhumed skeletons and made careful measurements of the bones say that they are the remains of a race of gigantic creatures, compared with which our tallest men would appear as pygmies, end quote.
0: Mm. Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
1: But yeah, they displayed them in stores. Yeah, until they got taken away
0: from Erie, Erie County.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you can, if you guys can see have, are <laughs> giant bones. Yeah, so oh, what... and
0: buy buy some paint.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Here's a here. keychain. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw the bones.
0: That's um, interesting. They used the word creatures. Yeah, because everything else in that seems to indicate human, mm-hmm. like big human bones, but then creatures. I don't know. Yeah, how carefully that word was used. Right was chosen, but it, mm-hmm. it just begs the question. You know, were, were the skulls right? Did they human look weird, skulls or were they a little bit different?
1: Yeah, maybe they had a different jaw on them. I've heard about skeleton-like skulls with like a wolf jaw oh. or something. That's when okay. you get into the lycanthropy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then moving on to 1914 in Wichita, Kansas, mm-hmm. a group of three grave diggers unearthed an eight foot long skeleton, eight feet. This Is where I assume that it's just a human who had, uh, that I don't know what it's called, gigantism, I guess, but there's an actual name that's better than that for it. Mm. Uh, that I, but anyway, eight feet tall, without much fanfare, it says, um, <laughs> they were noted the body was underneath a solid sheet of rock. So, why they were, <laughs> oh, I mean, wow. if they're literal grave diggers, I guess, and they're trying to build like dig a grave, or if. Mm-hmm. <sighs> But yeah it was under a sheet of rock they found this eight foot tall skeleton and the skull was in good condition that was noted
0: mm.
1: i don't know if that's not typical yeah. for when finding a giant um but yeah and then so then because this is the blog that i'm going through but they there were multiple skeletons found in gravel pits around dayton ohio in 1905 um but the only distinguishing factor is that they said they were remarkable in size. They don't go into details. Mm -hmm. Um, It was noted that the jawbone of the one had a one inch tusk while all were appropriate size. But to me that could just be whatever, I don't know, a symbol, symbolic thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then they also go into that. Once they started to dig them out, exposed air, the bones start to disintegrate. Mm So 1887 in Tennessee, uh, while searching for a dry place to store potatoes, uh, a man found a cave, because that's what you did then, mm-hmm. put stuff in caves. He found a stone coffin. There was a skeleton so large that the jawbone was described as being sizable enough to fit over an ordinary man's jaw. So larger than a human jaw. Um, and they also found a stone axe and pots that remained dry.
0: hmm because they were in a cave
1: (laughs) but they were blackened from being uh on a fire so okay there there's that Mm -hmm. but yeah so caves so we've got them in caves we have them well we were talking about mounds which i didn't have any examples really here apparently regular graves because those are just really tall humans and then ravines (laughs) or the edge of ravines where things just wore away where i don't think like you said it wasn't necessarily uh an intentional burial
0: Yeah, what's wild about that one is you said it's in a coffin, right? Yeah. I mean, so there's... Yeah,
1: this one was in a coffin. That one in Tennessee when he was trying to find places for his potatoes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yes, a stone coffin.
0: There's numerous stories, and one in particular that I remember looking at in this book, where the setup is very similar to the one found in the field, where somebody, there was a heavy rainstorm or something, and it Mm -hmm. washed away... And revealed something underneath. Right. And in this case, he, he goes into a, a cave that seems to be extremely uh, organized in the way that it was set up. Yeah. So there's multiple coffins and, and multiple bodies. Mm-hmm. I and mean, just a, the thoughtfulness to that. Yeah. Begs a lot of questions, but it shows a, a conscious mm-hmm. desire to dispose of the, the dead giant bodies. Yeah, and, and who was doing that? You
1: know? Right, exactly. The other thing that I, when I was getting into the giant thing then I thought, well, and they kind of said it in the one article, it, it was so large that it would make a human look like a pygmy. So I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, let's type that in and see what comes <laughs> up. Um, and it turns Same out. Same time frame? Yeah, this okay. is all, this, and actually this was in, this is from 1876. So oh. still late 1800s. Mm-hmm. A pygmy graveyard was found in Tennessee. Um, so it says an ancient graveyard of vast proportions has been found in Hmm. coffee County. It is similar to those found in white County and other places in Tennessee, meaning that they must've had like an explosion of finding pygmy graveyards. Um, But it is vastly Hmm. more extensive and shows that a race of pygmies who once inhabited this this country were very numerous. The same peculiarities of position observed in the white County graves are found in these. The writer of the letter says, quote, Some considerable excitement and curiosity took place a few days ago since near Hillsborough Coffee County on James Brown's farm. A man was plowing in a field, which had been cultivated many years, plowing up a man's skull and other bones. After making further examination, they found that there were about six acres in the graveyard. They were buried in a sitting or standing position. Mm -hmm. Their bones showed that they were a dwarf race of people about three feet high. It is estimated that there were about seventy-five thousand to one hundred thousand buried there, on six acres. I don't know. Wow! But it's an article Stand, that was in the newspaper. Standing
0: up, so like <laughs> sitting, sitting or standing. Yeah. Like well,
1: they're small. <laughs> <laughs> sitting or standing up. Yeah. Uh, in Coffee County, oh, Tennessee. And. And apparently that wasn't the only place that this had happened. It's just this was the most extensive mm-hmm. one. March 29th of 1876. Um, this article is actually from Minnesota, but or from a Minnesota paper, but it was taken from Woodbury, Tennessee
0: Press. Hmm. So so these are, I mean, this is a genre at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Farmers go out <laughs> doing what farmers do. Yeah. And then just by virtue of digging stuff up, tilling the ground, they make these weird yeah discoveries in this case it's (laughs) little people yeah not big people
1: yeah it kind of reminds me of the stories that you hear anytime you visit um any of the caves down south Mm -hmm. stories seem the same that there's a boy and his friend or whatever that are out with a dog and one of them falls into a hole or something they just find a hole in the ground and all of a sudden whoa! they get down there and they explore and then this is the beginning of these great caverns that are now a tourist attraction I've heard that story so many times mm-hmm. with all of them. It seems to be the same. But, yeah, just doing your own thing and you find a giant. Hmm. Happens, apparently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like how it's described as in vast proportion. It's the, yeah. the graveyard of vast proportions, and then it's, like, not quite as vast <laughs> right. as the other counties. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Evidently, they were yeah, you know, comparing <laughs> sizes of their pygmy graveyards. Or right.
1: It just makes me wonder what all was going on at that point in time. Where mm-hmm. now, are this is what's making the news. I mean, I mean, it is weird, but still, to
0: well, and what what is still under various you know layers of un unearthed ground, right? Because this, you look at these reports, it gives you the impression that there's stuff buried everywhere mm-hmm. in North America. Yep, and it just is a matter of chance that you turn up a graveyard or a giant (laughs) casket. Right. Stuff like that.
1: Yeah. It could just be anywhere. Because it says this this was a field that had been plowed many times. So Mm. why this Mm -hmm. time?
0: Yeah. I don't
1: know.
0: Well, what I wanted to talk about, and this is one of those things where you start to explore something and it goes in all kinds of crazy directions. Yeah. But it's this idea of... Bronze Age copper coming from a specific location in far northern Michigan, like a, a island off the coast of the northern upper peninsula of Michigan, having tons of pure copper, and that this evidently was mined there specifically and made its way around the world. Mm. And the question being, who Ow. was that? Yeah. Who did that? And like this is um, this is what starts it off. Isle St. Royal in Lake Superior contains one of the richest deposits of pure copper in the world. In ancient times, more than 500,000 tons were mined. Uh, Phil Coppins wrote in Copper, a World Trade in 3000 BC, that uh, this belt of copper on Isle Royal has a distance of one and three quarter miles in length and is nearly 400 feet wide. The copper pits range 10 to 30 feet deep with connecting tunnels, when archaeologists estimated that their digging would take the equivalent of ten thousand men working for a thousand years, hmm. so I think then, by implication, yeah, the story is that well, ten thousand men couldn't do it in a thousand years, but giants could. Yeah, so that puts right. together a couple different sort of legends, which is that there were these giants that were known to the native Americans of that area. And not only that, but there were light skinned people mm-hmm. with various features. I'm not sure yeah. if they had red hair or not, mm-hmm. but they were European looking evidently. Yeah. And they were kind of in charge mm-hmm. of the mines mm-hmm. and they may have had these other workers. And that, be, that forms the backbone of a lot of these Northern Michigan native American legends is that, um, they were being put to work. There were rebellions of one type or another, fights between sure. them and their their bosses, and between the giants and the Native Americans. So that this would be a place where you didn't you didn't want to go. Yeah, even though there's very valuable minerals there. And what makes it really weird in the graphic is here in the book is that um, there well, are.
1: What book is that, by the way?
0: This is The Encyclopedia of Ancient Giants in North America by Fritz Zimmerman. Mm. Located for me by showrunner Andy Matsky. Good
1: job, Andy. By the
0: way. And that there's all these type of spearheads and so forth that proliferated throughout the world. Mm -hmm. And evidently, nobody's exactly sure how they got everywhere. Right. So it, this is a, a sort of a sub feature of the giant story is that mm-hmm. perhaps they were employed from time to time for some sort of labor or else they were in, you know, or they it,
1: were indentured. Stuff, right. Yeah.
0: yeah. <clears throat> and and some of the things that are really wild is that, you know, these copper spearheads and arrow tips and things have little features that to us don't seem like a big deal, but little notches that make them easier to attach to spearheads, for example, mm-hmm. and that you find them archaeologically in northern Michigan and places in Europe. Hmm. And it's like, but there's no copper mines that they can locate nearby those. So right. people connect the dots yeah, and link this back to the giant stories. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, there's so much that we could talk about here in terms of the Ohio Valley. Yeah. You mentioned Moundsville, but mm-hmm. like all up and down the Ohio Valley, there's a history of mounds. Uh, West Virginia mm-hmm. has a, a vast history of mounds and mound builders. And again, what you have in some of those cases are features that correspond um, between North America and Europe in other areas of the world at a time when that didn't seem to be plausible. Right. You'd have to, that question that is automatically asked is why would they be the same mm-hmm. if you, you can't travel quickly from one place to another. Right. Um, and then of course, you know, getting into the same sort of stuff down in Newark, Ohio a place that showrunner Andy Mansky and I have explored ourselves are the <laughs> Newark earthworks. Yes. Which, um, You know, I'm not sure I haven't looked into it closely enough to know if any bodies have allegedly been drawn from the earthworks there. Mm -hmm. But there's lots that is suggested about the position of how the mounds are situated. And they're, today, I mean, they're right in the middle of the town of Newark. Mm -hmm. And there's neighborhoods sort of in between some of the shapes. But when they're viewed from the air, you know, evidently there's some type of geographic precision. Oh, yeah with which they're arranged and mm-hmm. that gets linked to the giant culture and did they build them? And if so, what did they know? What skills did they possess that right. seemed to pass away with them? Mm-hmm. Which is fascinating on one hand. On the other hand, you know, it, it is, it does bring up the idea too. And this, I don't know why this came to my mind as I was reading this stuff, but um, you know, you don't, necessarily have to be a mathematical genius to make a perfect circle
1: mm-hmm.
0: right all you need is a stick and some rope right right and you can make a perfect circle if you sort of stay in sure. that radius but be that as it may what the the giant uh like newark newark earthworks are on a huge scale so you'd need right. a big stick and a really long right exactly to make that big of a, a thing um, so you know, like, it just goes on and on, where you have legends of traders and copper miners, strange looking skulls excavated from a burial mound on Copper Island on the northern part of the Keweenaw Peninsula. According to the Chippewa, a white race was driven out far back in the Indians' history. Hmm. And I'll just, as an example, um, prehistoric copper mining in the Lake Superior region. Indian legends make no mention of these mining operations which were of magnificence and magnitude worthy of being included in the history of any race. The legends do mention that a white race was driven out far back in the Indians' history. The fact that Indian legends indicate that pieces of copper were reserved as Manitous or gods would seem to prove that they were not the people who mined or used the copper, quote-unquote, industrially. Uh, Those prehistoric miners left no records that we can translate to tell who they were. Apparently, they did not winter in the region, and apparently, too, none but the hardy and strong made the trip. No graves have been found, which can definitely be ascribed to them. Uh, They made no drawings, carvings, left nothing in the way uh, to indicate their lineage. Uh, Father Father Alloy said that the Indian legends contain no reference to mining. Uh, They don't know where the mines were, Uh, but the report of Chippewa legend states that... one of their forefathers drove out the white race who may have been the miners. Hmm. So it's it's wild. And then you get into wars with giants. Yeah. Um, Colonel James Moore of Kentucky was told that the primitive inhabitants of this state had perished in a war of extermination waged against them uh, by the native Indians that the late great battle was fought at the Falls of the Ohio in Clarksville, Indiana. And that... It, they succeeded in driving uh, them into a small island below the rapids where the whole of them were cut to pieces. And there are there are just tons of these stories. There's the falls of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Hills in the distance were a site of an immense graveyard. Yeah, um, of
1: course. Of course. Chief Cornstalk.
0: Chief Cornstalk is in here. How? I don't know if it's <sighs> the Cornstalk oh. of West Virginia that may be a different corn stalk. Okay. But then you have Fayette County, mm-hmm. name game stuff, West Virginia history. Um, late Dr. Buster, who was among the first white residents of the Kanoa Valley, resided at the foot of the mountain on the south bank of the river during a long and active life. No white man had ever occupied the ground upon which the father built his cabin. In the history of the pale face here, is absolutely complete within his family. In um, the last interview, about 1877, he remembered talking to a medicine man in his boyhood. They discussed this wall, numerous relics of bones, stone implements, and pottery found all over the surrounding bottomlands. According to his statements, they knew of the monuments but claimed no part in them. One of the legends set forth the fact that the Kanoa Valley had been occupied by a fierce race of white warriors successfully resisted the approach of the quote-unquote red man from the West for a long time, but had finally succumbed and passed away in death. The Native Americans claimed to have never occupied the valley except for hunting expeditions. They found these relics old when they first entered. Their origin was beyond record.
1: Yeah, that's something that's hard for us to comprehend, Mm -hmm. I think, just in our our culture anyway, because we're not... the we're not surrounded by these ancient artifacts all the time. So to think that the mounds that we're seeing are even older than a tribe that we may have learned about in our history books Mm -hmm. is is kind of mind-boggling for us where it's not like when you live in Rome and the Colosseum is right there and you drive by it every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just that kind of history isn't here for us to truly observe how old that may be. Mm -hmm. That's, I don't know. That's mind-boggling yeah
0: there are um, there's one last story that I wanted to share and it's from Muskingum County where we lived for a time Um, history of Muskingum County Ohio 1882 the mounds are situated on what is known as the Payson farm six in number covering about 20 acres of ground they are from 10 to 18 feet in height from 500 to 1,000 feet in circumference The explorations divulge no hidden treasure so far, but have proved to us that there once undoubtedly existed here a more enlightened race of human beings, whose movements have been traced back hundreds of years. While engaged in excavating one of the larger mounds, we discovered the feet of a large skeleton, and carefully removing the hardened earth which was embedded, we succeeded in unearthing a large skeleton without injury. The human framework measured six feet six inches in length, and from appearances, was undoubtedly that of a male. In the right hand was a large iron or steel weapon, which had been buried with the body, but which crumbled to pieces on handling. Near the skeleton was also found pieces of cedar wood cut in various fantastic shapes and in a state of perfect preservation, the carving showing that the people of this unknown race were acquainted with the use of edged tools. We also found a large stone pipe, the stem of which was inserted between the teeth of the skeleton. The bowl... (laughs) enjoy the afterlife
1: yes
0: (laughs) the bowl of the pipe weighs five ounces and is made of sandstone an aperture for tobacco had the appearance of having been drilled out we found another skeleton near that of the above mentioned which was not quite as large and must be that of a woman there was neatly carved tombstone near the head of this skeleton close by the floor was covered with a hard cement to all appearances a part of the solid rock which after patient labor and exhaustive work, we succeeded in penetrating and found it was the corner of a box similarly constructed in which we found about three pints of wheat kernels, most of which were dissolved when brought in contact with the air. So.
1: They're opening things that they shouldn't open. Yes. What was the <laughs> the fallout of them? <laughs> we found this box and we just kept digging until we broke through. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a plague came. We don't know what happened. Yeah, No, that, that reminds me some of those, well, first of all, six foot six is not a giant. But maybe, I mean, at that point in time, that would have mm-hmm. seemed very tall. But to us, for our standards, that's not necessarily a giant. It's a tall mm-hmm. guy, yeah, sure, but not like a giant. Um, <laughs> but talking about this, this stuff, the grave ornamentation that was around it mm-hmm. reminds me of things even back to ancient Egypt. The idea of stalking the grave with things like the pipe or right. the wheat or whatever that mm-hmm. you would take over to the afterlife. I mean, that is not necessarily an enlightened, whatever. however they phrased it, like an yeah, enlightened, enlightened race. race. Um, but I think that's something just human in general. We've been doing that for a very long time, mm-hmm. the idea of burying things with us that we want to have on the other side, so yeah. to speak.
0: Yeah, it makes you wonder, like, was that an heirloom wheat or something yeah. that was it could have been specific that they brought with it them
1: could have also been maybe an offering if they were <clears throat> someone of high status, which I assume they were. Cause they didn't, I mean, you didn't just the regular farmer wasn't getting buried with all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, it could have been an offering from the community or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know.
0: So Interesting. Right, right down there in Skingham County mm-hmm. down by the old Y bridge, <laughs> Tom's ice cream bowl. <laughs> There once was a, a mound.
1: About mm-hmm. mm-hmm. six mounds, right? Didn't it say there yeah. were multiple mounds? Yep. Are any of them there right now? Are they all flattened?
0: That's, I don't know. It begs the question, does it not? It <laughs> be easy to find out if we yeah. knew where the Payson Farm was located.
1: Although, as large as they said some of them were, I wonder how many people recognize that they're mounds. If it's a thousand feet, Right? Didn't it say thousand feet thousand wide? Thousand feet wide, yeah. Would it not be easy to think that that's just a hill, a random hill? I mean, that's pretty lengthy. Just a, It's just an odd Yeah,
0: and, and down there, hill, I mean, I it, you've been around there, it, mm-hmm. it starts to roll as yeah. part of the Appalachian the foothills. foothills there.
1: Mm.
0: One other thing that I wanted to show you is this picture. I don't know if you can get that. Yeah. This object was evidently found, guess where? I see. Mason County, West Virginia. Home of really? War? Yes. Mothman. Mothman.
1: And it has wings. Mm-hmm. Look at that. What does it say underneath it?
0: It says, Point, <laughs> Point Pleasant is located in Mason County, West Virginia. <laughs> And is the noted home of the Mothman. Native Americans named this winged creature with red eyes Piasu, which is very similar to the Sumerian demon Pazuzu. The mouth of the Kanawa River is also at Point Pleasant, a river the Shawnee called the River of Evil Spirits. Huh.
1: Well, there you go. There you go. So Mothman's old. I that's mean, what I'm hearing. Yeah. He's old.
0: Look, this is one of those things where you you really start to dig. Oh, it breaks it down by state. By state. And in the stories that you read, you know, initially, they're all over the place. It's Mm -hmm. not like there's one river valley in particular where all of these things are found. But it's just all throughout, at the very least, like the Midwest and the upper Midwest. Um,
1: Have you gone through it enough to see if there is... Um, a pattern in the dates in which things were found like to indicate that it was kind of like a not a like hysteria but something that was just kind of seems like you're talking about
0: 1890s through 1920s (laughs) and after the 1920s it's falls off yeah
1: that's because we found them all
0: that's right they all got taken away they're all in the smithsonian's basement yes (laughs) obviously yeah Right next to the Ark of the Covenant. You heard it here first. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that is about it for now, although Mm. clearly Mm. this is, we're just scratching the surface of the mound, so to speak.
1: We just found one rib bone so far. Yeah.
0: And it disintegrated when we brought it out. So so. we have
1: to keep digging.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. If you would like to share your mound story with us, mm. report your local mound, mm. Monsteropolis. You can do that. <laughs> Write us. Our email address is... Monsteropolismail at gmail.com. at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, we're on Twitter, tweeting. We are on Instagram. Are uh, we on Facebook? Oh, Facebook. <laughs> That platform we are also on. What? I don't know. <laughs> okay. you're just adding okay. stuff. Oh, and. Oh, YouTube.
1: Oh, yeah, YouTube.
0: Yeah. YouTube. Mm. If
1: you're
0: not watching on YouTube, we're so on you all the places.
1: This, guys. Pre order this. Night Visitors. On the Trail of UFO Night Visitors. Mm. Get on it.
0: All right, we'll be back. Later, bye!